My name is Jack Outway. And I'm Jay Outway, and this is Like Dragon Like Sun. The only father-son podcast talking all things Dungeons & Dragons 5th edition, and maybe older editions if you, yeah, if you get lucky. Two, two generations of D&D players talking smack about the world's greatest role-playing game. That's what they say on all the books. That's what the oldies, that's what the oldies say, talking smack. It's Although the, these days... I see nothing but complaining. <laughs> is that what the kids do these days? The kids it's moan. Hexblade like, this. My five E is is my five E's broken. No. <laughs> I'm becoming a little bit like you. Yeah, I'm influencing. What have you, you done? Um But today we're talking about perhaps some new rules that we've created as often the solution to the problems of D&D comes with a little bit of homebrew, and it's a yeah. perfectly fine well, look, game it's, to it's, tune it's to your own needs. It's not problems. It's, um, it's rooms for improvement. It's sure. an IB mindset. <laughs> when you when you play a lot of D&D, you start coming across you know, parts of the game that you're like, you know what, I want, there's a space in here that I want to do something with that, uh, you know, it's not in the basics, basic rule set. And, and why, how could it be? How could you possibly build a role-playing game that wrote rules for every imaginable situation? It would be too many rules. And we don't want a game with too many rules. We want a game that is largely free for us to make up as we go along. And then, if anything, the DM can put a few little table guidelines in place to help. To help fine-tune to what their game experience likes to be. Now, I think one of the things that you may find at your table and or online if you play there is that sometimes we uh we don't always have a table that is super confident to jump into doing role play yeah i think especially online role play is often quite hard to do and so many people often shy away from that aspect and more towards the just get the roles done, get tell the story, you know, make sure everything's running fine, yeah. don't push roll, it. You roll know? my dice and see how things go. But the RP is a big part. It's undoubtedly of D and D for it's, me. It's a role playing game. It's yeah, two it, parts it, of the RPG. <laughs> exactly. Um, so so you think okay, we we gotta have we gotta have a way to especially newer players. Like, where do we find this? Now, there's often, like, throughout your adventures, there's NPC encounters, and you interact with, uh, you know, the the creatures and people you meet along the way. Mm. Um, but at, the, at most, that usually boils down, not most, but often it boils down into persuasion check, intimidation check. Sure. Okay, I'll tell you the direction. Or you know, just or, roll for initiative, and we're going to fight another merchant. Exactly. Um, or roll for persuasion. Okay. The the lunch is two coffer pieces cheaper, you know, or whatever. Usually it'll be if they're haggling for a magic item, right? But rarely, or it's like, make a persuasion check. They fail, pay, you're not supposed to be here, get out of here. Or they succeed, oh, yes, you are my best friend in the world, please enter here. You know, I feel, I often result, resort to that because maybe I'm tired or haven't really prepared in-depth conversation or don't really understand, like, the mechanisms of this person they've just randomly walked up to and asked, Right. And that perhaps is a discussion for another day, but amongst players, 
a great way to start building that role play is during downtime, I find. During a little moment aside from combat, although combat is definitely room for role play all over the place. I think the way you describe, the way you attack, the way you use features, the way you cast spells is integral to making your character like you know feel like they're doing something cool. But before you can start getting players, PCs to role play in combat and other mm. places, you need to get them like any little group of, of actors, they need to get them comfortable with each other. Yeah. You need to get them to know their character and then to know each other's character. And so how do we go about doing this? I find that my party often travels a long distance. And between that, there will be many nights where they say we set up a campfire or we do this and we take a long rest, we rest here, we try and find a nice spot to rest. And I began thinking, is there a way I could use this? Is there a way I could turn, like take this you know, little feature, this little thing that happens into a consistent mechanic, table rule even, of thing like of giving my player opportunity to now role play with one another in preparation for the journey ahead. This doesn't have to be all the time. We don't need to every single night of journey have a campfire. But every once in a while it's nice to give the players a little chance to steal their resolve, especially after a big fight or in perhaps preparation for a big fight. And and many of us who watch uh actual plays on the internet uh we've seen that like the pros do this sort of thing but you know it's it's easy for you know professional voice actors to you know really get into it it needs a little bit more i don't know gamification somehow sure for, for regular who folks. are less yeah. you know experience with acting and hopping um, straight into a character's role but you know i, I like the idea of, of almost saying to players and you know your mileage may vary with this but how much you want to force it on them but essentially that if you want a short or long rest to have its full effects some time must be spent doing rp now you've got a system that you just call campfires right mm, yes As which is not necessary you don't need it's not every single short or long rest but during a short or long rest a campfire could be held and Should the players campfire is a really nice little code word. I like really what you've done with it because saying, okay, we're going to do a campfire, it sort of comes with a bigger package, right? Mm. It sort of says, we're going to do some downtime activities. We're going to cook a meal. We're going to, you know, we're going to interact with each other. And as they begin, to, as you sort of repeat campfires again and again, be that short or long rests where they do it, they know all the things they can do during a campfire period of the game. So it becomes it becomes in some ways easier for the players. They go, okay, we're in campfire mode. Great. In campfire mode, I can I can do all these, you know, well let's let's talk about it. What are the things that we can do in campfire mode? There are many things we can do in campfire mode. To start a campfire, we need a little bit of firewood. All right. So first thing is how do we get into campfire mode? You actually make mm. campfire mode is not figurative it's quite literal like quite you literal. are going to start a campfire to begin a campfire you need firewood which can be purchased say if you're planning so to camp wait, and just a, a second, ahead what of if time? the party's in a dangerous location and sure. they can't start a fire then this sort of stuff probably isn't going to happen right no but again it's not the place you'd be chit-chatting or hanging out anyways if it's so dangerous you can't light a fire you're probably not going to make any noise either you're going to very quietly try to get some rest if you can and that's mm. it it's very true eat cold rations and just 
hunker, hunker down and hope for the best. Exactly. It, which means it's kind of hard to do a campfire during a short rest. It's possible, but well, it depends if your short rest is really literally just one hour, or, or if you're playing gritty realism. Like, yeah. yeah, or or even if you're just if your party's just not in a, it's done its fight. There's no actual dangers around it, and then they're gonna hang out for a couple hours. True, you can't really have a campfire indoors. Typically, smoke begins oh, to I fill up a saying. lot of spaces. Like if you're like in a dungeon or whatever. Very true. Yeah. Unless there's like ventilation, which I, I doubt. I don't. Well, it depends how big the cavern area is. It's very true. Still, though, and how long your fire? Often, not going a great around. idea to like light a fire indoor with no, you know, way for the smoke to escape. Yeah, you need a chimney of some sort. Yeah, um, which you can kind of hand wave if you're not too worried about um, the mechanics of smoke filling a like indoor space. But it depends or how big dungeon. the fire has to be, I suppose. Exactly. Right. And this is loose rules. You can adapt this. It doesn't have to be a campfire, but it's a nice way to show that some effort is being made to get into a mode where some downtime can be had. Alright, so they actually have to find firewood then. Sure, you can find it for free in any area that contains trees or burnable wooden materials. Right, so not a, no not, not, a, not in the ocean This is so not, much. well, if you're in an environment that is sparse of such materials or are in a rush, a DC-12 survival check may be necessary to successfully connect uh, collect enough firewood for a campfire you can change this dc so if, if it's i'm on a boat thing. i could do this but I, we just we wouldn't have a fire we'd have a lantern or something well instead. there's barrels you can use barrels for fire you need to, i don't think you need to have a fire if you're on a ship why not uh, because ship campfire would... a little little uh little have a little um what's it called a little fire chamber or whatever maybe. and a little brazier of some sure, sort. a little brazier exactly right, why not maybe um okay so the idea Torches, is masks, we have whatever we've you know? gone and we've got some firewood it's not super necessary but essentially burnable wood in most scenarios chop down a tree outside chop down trees collect sticks on the ground branches firewood material and then how am i lighting the fire and you can for free automatically light the fire if you use a utilize a tinder box which is the tinder box's purpose i think everybody as basic starting equipment gets a tinder box most people get one for most of the time we would just hand wave if somebody's got a tinder box they can light anything they want it's very true um, but this is still free. If you have a tinderbox, you can light a oh, campfire. All right. So we stole. I stole all my party's tinderboxes because I. I think that's funny. Okay. Are there what any do, casters in your do? party? Is the next thing. Of course. Then they can cast any spell that would light a campfire. Name spells that start fires. Uh, let's start with cantrips, druidcraft, prestidigitation, um, create Presi- bonfire. Prestidigitation. Prestidigitation. Yes. Makes a fire. Yeah. You can start light campfires, small torches, anything hmm. like that. And uh, you can uh, use uh, create bonfire, firebolt. Uh, if you want to do some higher level spells, uh, why not use thaumaturgy and start fire? I think it might. Um, that's one of the ones that a cleric, you know, if if you have a cleric thaumaturgy, you might allow them to like through divine power, you know, create a flame. You know, of course, sacred flame wouldn't work. It's a divine radiance, not actually fire. It's, it's microwaves. It's true. Uh, it's UV radiation, sun rays. Uh, um, oh, I always thought it would be like God cooking this food. <laughs> right. Right. Um, I call upon my deity, and the deity's like, microwave. Well, often radiant is actually soul damage, is what also PHP describes it as. It's something that is like energy that attacks the soul. Oh, so it's not microwaves. So you could make it rock microwaves, but that's just for the people at home. But any magical effect which ignites uh, flammable objects, you can use a tinderbox. Or if you have none of that, no casters and no one with a tinderbox, you can attempt a DC 13 athletics nature survival or sleight of hand. And that's basically rubbing sticks together. Sure, athletics is rubbing sticks together, you know, a show of strength to try and light something. Nature is using intelligence to make successfully utilize natural materials to create a Instead of just rubbing sticks together, you make a 
I don't know, something more elaborate to get the Sure, you use, utilize intelligence of understanding how natural materials or materials that you utilize to create a fire. And survival um, is perhaps the most obvious, and sleight of hand is just knowing how to use, be dexterous in a way of utilizing perhaps a flint and yeah, well, steel and arcane yeah, well, in such nature might be about would, finding whatever, natural right? flints or whatever. Exactly, exactly. So that you can light a fire. As a DM, be fairly lenient if a player describes, hey, I want to use acrobatics to light a fire. Do you make Let's it harder if it's it. like raining on them or if it's like... They need to find cover. If it's raining, they can't light a fire. In the open, they need to find a place to light a fire that's under cover. it's raining, I suppose. What if, the woods, what if it was raining and all the wood's wet? And all the wood's wet, then it's going to be... That's that's a... Do you get down into this level of... Then it's I'm, a DC I'm 12 survival a, check. I'm being a little bit of a devil's advocate on this. I'm just a little bit like, how how realistic do we... Should it's, again, we make it as a DM? This is left with light rules for a DM to you know, look at briefly and be like, okay. I often get so excited by my story though that I overpass the little I, I just blow through these sorts of then things. Should you can I completely slow down ignore more? It. I don't know why you say should. I I sometimes think that maybe I need to take a breath sometimes. I need to slow down and give more space for my players as well. Sure. Uh to to get involved in these things. Ultimately we don't want to make this hard is the point. I'm just worried that also is if by doing things like this, am I slowing Am I really slowing the story down? Do you think players that in your experience so far have, have all enjoyed doing this? Well, if it's just role play, I'll often see that people going, well, let's just take a long rest. You know, we don't, I just want to get on with adventuring. But if we put this incentive of being able to take down time to perform a skill, then it's very appreciated or gain inspiration, you know? Okay. So, Suddenly people so go, this is totally worth okay, our time. So you're, you know? we're, we're providing little carrots with this as well. It's okay. very true. So w w let's get into some of the things that we can do with this. So we've lit the fire. You can be as gritty in, in making it difficult as you want, or you can make it simply, do you have the firewood? Can you light a fire? We light a fire, you know? Okay. So you can hand wave that a bit as well. Exactly. But as the fire is lit, I, I think I recommend that you as a DM should state a quick phrase sort of getting people into the vibe of a campfire by quickly describing the party surroundings or setting a mood for the upcoming discussion so also this is a good time to like put on or turn up any ambient nature or campfire sounds that you have yeah like if you if you've got music that makes like it that's campfire sounds like crackling or wood yeah, and stuff. just just cracking wood sounds that's or, really great like spotify has like hours of long what like, even campfire and like youtube whoo, youtube's full of crackling you know, fires as well leaves rustling whatever you want you know yeah, yeah. just light nature sounds rushing rivers who cares you know just just gentle yeah uh to show that it's you and, know, and it is it's, it's a time of rest it's really nice when the dm uses calm. music if you've not done so in your games try it out it's it really makes a difference you then sort of set the scene um with I've written a quick phrase here. I'm sure we'll link a document in the episode if you want to follow it. A fire burns with a faint orange glow under a sky bright with stars. The night is dark and still, but the quiet crackling of the flame brings warth, uh, warmth and a moment of respite. How do you wish to pass the time? You then ask to the players, um, giving them a moment to initiate conversation this should be right and so have you sort of said to, to them talking. as well like in the beginning you're like okay so sure. what you're going to do here is that you yeah. can you need to have a conversation with i set the ground else. rules ahead of time of what the table rules are you know so, i make it clear what the table rule right. is what, kind of what your what was your table rules and the table them? rule here then suggests that players can now initiate a conversation a conversation kind of has to be held for a long rest to be successful in my eyes or if we do skip past it then they won't gain inspiration. 
right. know, is the idea. Unless they're very creative with their role play in terms of the other things they're doing. So they, they're encouraged, you're basically say to them like, the role play conversation is like somebody needs to ask a question or make a confession uh, this could i have listed here it could involve thanking another character for a battle that was just happened okay. or a part of the journey you know inquiring towards background information or a recent discovery you know uh discussing um things that are up ahead you know or that they've just experienced um questioning decisions made perhaps in battle or in the past divulging one of their own secrets or regrets you know or just having a bit of a laugh having a bit of a joke around you know i mean there's nothing wrong with that really i mean this can even involve say some some characters got a you know tarot cards or like to do something fun like that that could be in a chance for that player to show off a little bit maybe in curse of strads when there's a little taroka decorating you know for the party again a simple fun thing for players to be a, like take it a little bit you know in character and Take a breather for a moment to think a little bit about what their plans are. You know, if if you are a DM who often experiences your players suffering from over planning, this is a good place to put that planning zone if you can. Yeah, you know? and I I really encourage players to if they want to be if they if they want to do planning and stuff like that, it, they should be doing so in character. Mm, exactly, and that's and that actually is what. Yeah, that uh, you see that happen at the table. If they spend an hour planning something, which normally as a DM it'd be like, oh my god, it's really boring watching them plan. But if they're watching, if you watch your players plan while in character, it's so fun. It's hilarious. It's so good. And try and it's I mean, I, I know some people don't want to be tushed, pushed. Like you can't push people too far yeah. if they're and not, not interested them, in uh, doing voices. But sure. really, try and make it distinct from what they normally sound like. At least you know. Yeah. Try and put on some sort of voice cadence whatever it is to make it feel a little different even if it's their same old you know southern drawl accent if they got a little bit more you know pinching in the way or like a little bit more you know whatever in the you way they can speak, do you know exactly just consider I mean, like, just try you know, anything a way to either yeah. even in their mannerisms or the way they're perhaps nervous or their vocabulary could be a, a simple indication it, even, it doesn't have to be even the most serious gritty you know yeah. realistic you know professional just Enough to feel like we're actually telling a story together, not as ourselves, you know, and that we're playing the games as these characters can go a huge distance in my eyes to making sure. the role play aspect more I, I believable mean, and more I fun. I am playing with a bunch of people who are working with English as a second language, and mm. we never expect them to. No, no. To never be. put too much pressure, but encourage people uh, to. And this is the sort of the, also the main purpose of this mechanic as a campfire, is to encourage people yeah. to role play instead of just talk out of character about events in the game. You know, which makes it more video gamey almost in in my eyes, making it less like a video game and more like a role playing game. You know, um, but then after the conversation is held um, between all the characters, there's no time limit to this. You can have it run as long as you want. You can even have it if players really struggle with role playing. Someone say at least one thing. As long as everyone says one thing, then we're good, right? As long as everyone can contributes one thing, then the DM can intervene and be like, all right. Uh, once a natural conclusion is reached, you can then, okay, after your conversation wraps up, you are free to spend your short or long rest, your campfire, to take some downtime to do something that your character would like to do. Often we gloss over this. We, uh, like, say, oh, you just perform light activity, whatever that means, right, um, before resting. We never really get into what this means, 
Um, we just sort of go, oh, yeah, light activity, whatever, whatever, whatever. You know, you take a long rest and wake up. Maybe a player will ask to do something, and a DM will be, okay, make a roll for me. But this is a way to actually put some mechanics behind that, right? Sure. I mean, there's there's classes like Bard, Ranger, Sorcerer, Warlock that can change one spell that they, they can't. know. They can't. That The purpose of this is to give them more flexibility. You're thinking oh, I see. Prepared, usually people prepare spell change the things, right? Um, bards might get a Song of Rest, which they can you like you know utilize during a short rest, which is sort of a, a baked in campfire skill, which is something that I'll bring up in a moment. Um, but I I wanted to create something that is separate from all of that. That's essentially, you know how in your turn like in combat you'd have an action, you have right. one action. I'm thinking campfire. I'm thinking about cantrips actually. So cantrips for wizards. They can change those on long. With the Nutasha rules, they can. Is it yeah. long rests or is it only when they... On long rests. On long rests, if they know cantrip formulas. It's a third level feature, yeah. yeah. It's from the Nutasha. And so this could be a, a time for them to... Swap out a spell. ...be doing something yeah. like that. And you're suggesting as well then, okay, so you've got a little thing here that bards, rangers, sorcerers, and things This could... is just a suggestion. These are examples of what could happen. Right. right. So as a table rule, you are letting some of them change known spells and and well, during let, campfires. Let's unpack this a little bit before we just go into the specific of nuances of what could happen. These are light suggestions on what you might allow a character to do during their activity. I mean, I like that idea. I'm just going to put that out there mm-hmm. now. I. Uh... Okay. Well, I, I'm going to sort of explain what this is before we describe why it's wonderful. Um, I'd allow a player during a campfire to take one sort of thing, which is either to like an activity to use a tool, enact their special character's campfire skill, which I will get into in a moment, or perform some other activity to uh, they you know may do so like this light activity idea that doesn't fall under the previous. Um, a common activity as well might involve a character changing a feature or spell gained through their own class. Such um, I wouldn't allow a character to fully change their subclass. No. Uh, or no. Like in this moment, this is too much. That I would think, take. I mean, you more can't do that much character there. change at one night. But I like the idea of like, so say for a fighting style, mm-hmm. like if they were like they'd suddenly start practicing yeah. their footwork, um, they get out their second weapon, and suddenly they've got, you know, yeah, uh, you know, two weapon fighting instead sure. of defense. They do a little bit of training with their two weapon fighting, perhaps a little bit of sparring, or sort of little things to prepare uh, in advance of what they know might be coming up. You know, yeah. and so they switch well, to is, attune, attune su- in a I very loose sense. I suppose possibly a time that, you know, paladins and, or I mean, uh, clerics and druids uh, are... Preparing spells yeah, normally. Yeah, preparing their spells And then the this also day. gives then, what the, one, one of my suggestions of changing class features is changing a fighting style. Um, could be changing an option picked, perhaps a discussion like or a dream with a, a warlock could allow them to switch out a spell or an invocation known. Um, I would allow sorcerers to sw- swap out a meta magic option known. Right. Um, and but 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 this is I think the caveat that comes with this is that if you're going to allow your players to do such changes, that part of the RP, part of the sort of describing what's going on at the downtime, is talking about little retraining or how you might mm-hmm. be going exactly. about these sorts of things. And and so, I mean, the question would be like, why am I letting my party do this? Why are we doing all this extra work? And yeah, this is going to eat up some time for sure to do. But I think this adds a sort of level of of realism in terms of character change as well to your stories. Mm-hmm. If you're looking for a place where the, the PCs can grow, 
and become more than they were, uh, you know, when they began, it, a lot of it has to do with, with, with letting them change little things. And yeah, maybe once they've changed a fighting style once, they won't change it again for a while. Sure. That might be part of who they are then yeah. for some time. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't expect that just because you're offering them the opportunity to change it up. A lot of people, especially when it comes down to the build on their character, they're pretty happy with where it's set there for a reason. Mm. Um, changing it's actually a bit of a big deal and should have some attention brought to it at the table. It shouldn't exactly. just be some mechanical change behind the scenes. Mm. I've written this here um, as well, that whatever a character does, even if it's an, like not swapping something out, even if it is their own campfire skill or utilizing a tool, they should role play how they do perform the activity such as Absolutely. how they how do they use this like tool you know how do they enact the skill or how do they change their feature you know giving them room to determine how they want to do it and then you as a dm adjudicating what that means for the character is very situate it's a case-by-case -case basis even um which is something you get better at with time and you learn to trust your players and they learn to trust you even a little bit more uh, with allowing them to make decisions to influence the story, you know, because often DMs can feel like they're the ones telling the stories and the players are the ones being affected by it, you know? Um, or I often find that I'm often the one describing most things. And so having players a little bit of room to describe their world and what they do, within reason, of course, like, you can't be like, I dream about exploding the universe, you know? Um, they don't get to roll to destroy the universe, you know, as is with the D and D, all things are within reason, but it really puts that, like, that very freeing aspect of D and D that you can kind of do whatever your character would do during a long rest, which is then to come to what, you know, what can I, what, what, what does this mean? What do you mean utilize a tool? You know, what do you mean an active yeah, campfire so skill? I think, you know, a lot of people, when they see their tool proficiencies on the character sheet, um, and I love when you're like trying to like give like characters a time to do something. So you're like, oh, hey, I took, you know, I took Smith tools, but when do I ever get to Smith something? And like some really rare occasion that you show up at a blacksmith shop. I mean, I suppose smithing really does require a certain more gear. But but then again, why do you get to carry it if you don't get to use it? And I don't know, maybe you do have a little billows. Maybe you can make your campfire since you've got one going hot enough to actually mold steel i don't know why not or do um, other things i mean an excellent thing that I, i've seen from xanathar's guide to everything if you're familiar with the book on um, pages 78 to 85 is tool proficiencies a quick section on every single artisan's tool in the game yeah and, and how they can be quickly used often it's to identify things more than it is to actually make things it uh, depends on actually what the tool is cook's utensils could be done overnight but forging a weapon takes weeks if not in like a professional space, you know? Okay, but I'm also loving the idea that we are giving characters a little bit of downtime every day. Mm. And yeah, in theory, you know, a real, like in, if we were to get well, really not every practical day about it, yeah, forging a sword would Depends take long a long are. period of time. But let's just say somebody with smithing tools mm. wants to work on that on every one of their long rests. As a DM, I think you just set a number and say, okay, after just many times of working on it, 10 long rests, I'll yeah. give you this thing that you've been working on. Yeah. After, and I feel again, that's like, what I do. I, I like, make long-term goals. Yeah. People which have like progress. People, if they, they have a week, in, a week of downtime can continue working on that, you know, sure. and maybe finish the project. And maybe but, like, again, maybe it's not, it's not perfectly realistic, but 
whatever. I mean, why not have these tools if you can't somehow get some benefit out of them? Mm, exactly. And I think that they are so like neglected most of the time. People's tool proficiencies just don't matter. Also, instrument proficiencies don't matter because unless you're a bard who has an instrument that shows up. But again, if you're having a campfire every night, suddenly you're like, okay, does being able to play an instrument change something for my party like if i can play music for everybody um you know what benefits could that be and, and this comes into the idea of a campfire skill right more than just tools and, which and an this, instrument would be considered a tool but a campfire skill a yeah. thing you do that provides some benefit to the individual or the party yeah besides just using a tool or changing a feature something that is unique to the character not based on class but is solely their thing and is motivated by perhaps their background their class their ideals their goals who they are as a character and this is something that you need to talk with players in advance is something that i found talk with players before the campaign begins if you're using this rule or if you start introducing this rule talk with them as soon as you set the ground rules for what would your character do during a long rest right and so you're you're in campfire so this is basically saying okay look this is almost a bit like like background feature right almost you know like where you know you, you pick passive, a, you, you choose yes. yeah well background features should be more interesting than i mean they really should be at the front of your character in some ways it's your past it's where you came from but we often choose it almost like as a the, afterthought yeah you know? and um and some of those actually now that we're talking about campfire skills some of those background features actually would play out nicely if you quickly tune them into something that could become a campfire skill um, and yeah you could you could turn it into something and so the idea of i think you have here with campfire skills is that these... you don't decide that you don't decide a player's campfire skill a player comes to you pitches you what they want to do right. what they would do during a long rest and you work with them to create something and reasonable. so as a dm yeah you got to have limits on things and again that's where i think looking at background features isn't a bad idea to sort of give mm. yourself an idea of what sort of level of power yeah these things should have but again that's up to you in terms of your game typically these sort of campfire skills aren't going to be major story changing combat changing no. life changing sort of skills they're small things but this might actually help are, your yeah. story true worth it as a dm storytelling stronger <laughs> seriously these are great little pockets for you know exposition or for character growth or for um ways to slowly tie plot threads in in potential ways depending yeah. on the skill and as a quick reference for what a couple campfire skills could be um yeah so give us I've an made example a couple, of what level of power we're really sure it here. shows the level of power and perhaps what it could involve i've had three sort of very different things some of them more active and these than are others. ones that players had pitched to you that you went these are some that, that okay let's do actively this. exist yeah. in games that i run uh first is the idea of a vigilant bonfire you don't need to give a feature a name if you don't want um right if you do, you've, you've could, kind of named you know, them just for. I've named them sake. for the sake of this. Yeah. Uh, a character that I, a paladin in one of my parties, um, planted their weapon um, in the ground, calling upon uh, the spirit of the person they'd sworn to, or the you know being they'd sworn an oath to, to look over their party and keep a, a watchful eye over them. Right. Um, until the end of the rest, the party can't be surprised, and if any party members are sleeping when the combat begins, they are immediately awoken. It's literally just what a weapon of warning does, if you're familiar with that magic item, but turning it into something that a player can consistently do. 
But it made sense that you let a paladin who would mm. plant their weapon in the ground and say a prayer, you know, watch over us as we sleep, um, who's devoted to their deity, that that they actually get a little... I sure. mean, this is a quite a good magical perk. And as a DM, it ruins your chance of sneaking in and murdering your party in the night. But a paladin wouldn't want... I wouldn't let their party be, you know, if they have a spirit watching and over I them, think, you know. But this, again, I think is great because... I think if there's one thing that we overwork as DMs is the, okay, you've got to set watches and there's going to be these like, things and I'm going to roll the dice and at night you're going to get, if I, it's either two ways that we do nighttime things. Either I hand wave it and you all get a like long rest, no big deal. Or yeah, you're going to set watches because I'm going to attack you tonight. First watch, and second like, watch. And nothing happens. And nothing happens. And now I like- Those are opportunities in Critical Role. Yeah, for Critical Role, role they do that. They use those, the all their long rests as an opportunity to talk to each other. And their days are um, so long, often, if they're not just in, in oceanic travel, which, let's be honest, got a little bit monotonous at some point. Um, see our travel video, if you don't want your travel to be like that. Yeah. <laughs> um, although it's similar uh, in many ways. But often, their long rests between their very long, arduous days of exploring and things, they would always talk about taking long rests, in, especially during adventuring days, uh, where they would sit down, set up a place to rest, actually take watches, and you could, you know, see Matt obviously do it to give everyone a chance to role play. And this is almost taking that idea and give making it more accessible to people. And, and um, frankly, if your players are good at doing that sort of thing, mm. it also buys you then time as a DM. To start prepping other things you ahead. Can, you can or, actually be doing yeah. other work at the table because if your players can carry, you know, table interaction yeah. for half an hour, then... Huh, You've got loads of time to get your, you know, next maps sure. ready or your but next But don't expect whatever. half an hour. Expect to need to guide them through Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think the DM should always stay present at the table. Um, but I'm just sort of saying, like, behind your DM screen, you can at this point be sure doing a little bit of, uh, a little bit of, of just getting your own, your own stuff ready for the next move whenever that might happen. If you want, you could even make taking watch a part of your campfire scale. You know, sure. If you wanted to, I mean, you can get kind of. Well, there's loose some. With what there's some classes suggests. or races, I suppose. Like true. if you are playing a game where there's warforged or elves or exactly uh, things, reborn lineages, reborns. There's there's some that just really don't need much in the way of or sleep. Or if you're playing a warlock with aspect of the moon. You um, know? Yeah, there this are idea. those who are able to almost stay awake all night long, um, hmm. and because of that, could be. Yeah, your ear, and that, and then as a DM, you can sort of like go, okay, you know, knowing that they've got something on watch all the time. Let's choose like very carefully when I decide to attack them. Like there should be wow. there should be reason, not just randomness. True. To that. Although I would be careful with this one I've just described. It's often helpful if there is danger, but if there's never danger, then this is a useless feature. Okay. Never make True. your feature feel useless. Never make their skill feel like it never does anything. Because this can feel like it never does anything if they're never really in danger. Right. So you do need to attack your party Occasionally. Regularly. At least once to make it feel like this was so totally worth it. We are now instantly awake and no longer surprised. Yeah. No free crits on us, you know, or whatever. No, obviously not crits. Maybe assassin attack. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Alternatively, a player later switched to just having a prayer, which, again... Discuss with your player what that means, but this is more an example for a. You can always make nighttime encounters something less deadly too. Like it could just be like a passing pack of wolves or something that 
totally. you know, sniffs at the party, but because somebody's been vigilant, they get up and it's very easy to chase them away. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. You know, and, and doing things like that, that I suppose, again, makes the players feel like they had some involvement in it. But you as a DM, you don't have to have a big fight planned no, not at every all. night. Or it doesn't even need to be combat. It could be someone coming by and trying to steal something while the party is sleeping. Wow. You know, not someone trying to kill thieves them. Thieves in the night. That's exactly. Nothing. Not, but like then, we say, but then nothing, you better. It doesn't always need to be. But death, then that thieves you know? going to have to have a name and you have a voice and things. Then prepare going to catch have a, them. Then, then, then have then visit again my our traveling episode from, on how to create on. random NPCs on the fly. Yeah. Or our better NPC video our mm-hmm. episode. There are ways out there to create small NPCs, you know, or perhaps don't give, like, there is no, they don't tell you their name, whatever, it doesn't matter. Make them human, make them elvish, whatever works for your campaign. It's not hard to create, or make it a goblin for all who cares. Although, last episode, we did talk about making goblins less steel in the night. But, regardless, uh, another type of skill. Uh, so your character is less more about vigilance, keeping watch, you know, protecting against danger. Maybe they're a little bit more about, I want to learn information, I want to investigate. Maybe they're in um, uh, figuring things out type, you know, uncovering mysteries type, such as a wizard or a rogue, sure. um, which often like to uncover the mysteries and sure. secrets of the, the universe. Um, a skill that might be appropriate for them is something along the lines of a recall lore. I have another player with a feature like this. He was a blood hunter uh, who his background, he was a reacher, uh, researcher before falling into the wrong crowd. And this works great if you've got books or things like that. But I was just thinking exactly. as well... Um, because the idea with this is that it allows them, them to basically we say to the DM, could you could you remind info. us on, or could a, you could I learn a little bit more about what this was? Yeah, or fill us back in on some of the details that mm. maybe we've kind of forgotten about, or that we need underscored a little bit, um, to sort of help us. This is very like corkboard, less like pulling things out of thin air unless there may be a divination wizard yeah, no this is about and re- more re- about putting clues together you know describe sure. it in that way it's not like they're getting new information out of nowhere but piecing things together with the way people would talk or act or two like previously incongruent events that then are somehow linked right um they spend time recalling lore or information maybe if they're a very knowledgeable character also- you think you've heard about this in a library in your studies before you know, you'd heard about this in your research, and uh, suddenly things connect. Perhaps this person is a blank. Perhaps this sure. is whatever, right? Regarded in that way, I, not I'd, as in a I'd you say, pull out this mysterious library this, this that even, you were holding. You know, like this could be this could be a bard even as well by just replaying songs. Or if you're not, if like I said, if you somebody else who's not a bard who has an instrument, even that maybe you playing your songs every night, and you're singing about your previous adventures. That it's a way for the DM to go, oh, yeah, you can sing about that song about that time you guys were the dragon. And I will mention, you know, sure. that when you were the, when as part of the song, you realize, oh, yeah, you know, we picked up a, a scale. Who has that scale? Isn't that going to be something we need in the next adventure, or the next leg of this thing? Sure. You know, well, like okay. I, I would do it in a way that isn't reminding, say, say players are forgetful. I wouldn't make it the skill that, I, you are, this is your forgiveness for forgiving you for being forgetful. For not taking like, notes. I would give you new information. New information. I, I don't know. I think sometimes note taking. Because then reminding, it's, it's like, well, why can't I just ask about, is there anything we're forgetting? Then you as a DM <laughs> go, okay, here you go. You know, I'm it, like, if you didn't write it down in your notes, I am not telling you. Often I forget and then I make it up again. That's the rule. I have players who take better notes than uh, I write sometimes. It's, yeah. I, I'm thankful for it, um, especially when it comes to the names of 
sometimes I just do NPCs on the fly and I don't write down the names. But the thing is, if they, they don't do, write, if they don't write down the name, they won't remember either. And so I can and make up the name again. Exactly. <laughs> um, that has happened. And more well prepared. That has definitely happened to me. But uh, this before. recall lore is um, can require check if it's like super sensitive or secretive, uh, or you just might give surface level or just enough to give it some sort of breakthrough. This is very much so not a discovering like brand new like out of nowhere like making it like under like making it reasonable you know uh the character then learns one key piece of information regarding the desired topic again they can't if they didn't know it already it's more of a oh i remember that or oh connecting this with this there's something new that i didn't realize yeah. before so this is great this is a uh, you know and, and i I've if they're a divination wizard they can maybe pluck out in a my game that we do this sort of as well when they there's certain places where they get to libraries they get places where mm. they find books sure. And they will spend time, and it's usually part of a downtime activity, digging through books. And I actually have, because within Curse of Strahd, there's a very, you know, set piece of of not lore and story. And I've sort of come up with a bunch of different little books uh, right. that have titles and little bits in, in each of them that help them unlock the the bigger story out there gives them clues and hints towards things that they mm. may discover later so it's it's yeah definitely a fun thing to do during downtime is to offer them you know ways to to learn do a little things. bit of like light research or recalling or memory sure. stuff you alternatively have a, you have a game where that you also are facing up against uh, monsters and stuff that true. are big and scary so see maybe time. recall have i fought this thing before have i done perhaps previous research in this thing a long yeah. time ago and heard of it yeah. or to give where them I would any now. forewarning sure. on the thing they're about to fight and exactly. that i think that's also very buffy the vampire slayer idea they come up what is this thing and then there's always a portion of the digging through the lore and finding out some clue about it that mm. then helps fight it and that's that's great for story alternatively this could be a very like dream visions of the future style thing uh, if you have a warlock perhaps with a more eldritch patron um, or perhaps one that would be uh, interested in the information they're seeking perhaps they made a pact for information this is a perfect way to like start role playing the boons of such a pact yeah. Or the withdrawals in many ways. During their dreams, they receive weird, strange visions of, of things which allow them to slowly piece things together. Make it very abstract if yeah. this is the way you're being doing a, it. Being you know? a dreamer, the party's dreamer is a fun... Is a fun, very fun thing. Or if you've terrifying seen critical or, or scary. Ter absolutely yeah. terrifying. Um, I often have nights where players have dreams. Um, mm. I often... Our dream Again, could be a playing it in Curse of Strahd. I have Typically, a person who's a dreamer. After a party, a player has gone to zero HP, mm. but been brought back, um, or right. if they really died and came back, um, I tend to do uh, recurring dreams for a couple of long rests after they've come back. Um, usually unsettling things, usually sort of dark images, um, sometimes ideas of them being really like seeing them in like a, a nightmare sort of situation for their their character and that their character is doing like the evilest sort of things possible just stuff like that that um works more as like just unsettling sort of uh storytelling for the player so that they can kind of they can get their head around the idea that they've come back from death and the the character's not feeling great about it mm. it's it's rough yeah I mean, that's a, a fun way to encourage 
I mean, not necessarily encourage role play, but even make the the weight of uncon- being unconscious feel a little bit. Well, yeah, the players the players know mechanics. now as well. They're like, God, if I die, I have to go and endure. <laughs> True. <laughs> Jay's, don't don't make it a Jay's dream writing. Right. Um. Yeah. I, I no. I, I torture them. I I give I, it. I would be I careful. Them, but I give them both barrels of scary if I can. I, I would be careful. Um, Depends on the campaign. If you're running a scary campaign, lean into that a little bit yeah. more. You know. It's, otherwise, I mean, and Strahd is. It's a horror campaign True. setting. So but also recognize that a campfire should be a moment of respite not a moment of danger yeah. you know and, if, if and i have themselves in that situation and also i have consent from all the players to do very spooky scary very things for them zero horror episode for more on that yeah they've signed up for this you should make sure that in your session zeros and whatnot if you're going to do scary dreams that you know where the limits of your players are if they have some True. mean of sort of signaling that that you've gone too far just don't go too far as a dm right we talk know about this limits. more in our horror episode as well but yeah. I feel like those are two good things. One more I do if you have a very charisma-oriented one who would use an instrument or charms or display of magic to inspire the party. Um, perhaps a, a bard would go, I'd like to sing a song to inspire the party as their thing. You yeah. can allow the like character, like the player to just go, I sing a song about this, this, and this, playing a major key. I'm you can go they can go as far as they want maybe they prepare whole songs i know some players who literally prepare five page prayers <laughs> looking at someone sitting hey, right across from me but um it was fun it was fun exactly that's the point it's fun players may want to write whole songs if you're familiar with scanlan um uh from critical role campaign one yeah like or they and, can just go i sing a song of victory i sing a song of whatever and it can i don't be... think this has to be bards either Again, no the, no back, of course back to not. our point earlier that so many of the tools and instruments that you're given I think so often we go, well, when am I ever going to use that? The idea is like, I can use this every long rest. And the DM may give us what you're suggesting, possibly some temporary hit points or maybe advantage against being frightened. Well, this is a rallying performance using an instrument or display of magic to inspire things. This would be a party benefit, a whole party benefit. Yeah. And and look, there's other feats and stuff that kind of give you similar things. So there's some guidelines along how that would work. Um Again, I keep I keep this, you know, so you're not giving the party like, you know, heroes feast every time they have well, a performance. Well, here, let it's me not read this because good, but it the party may receive a number of temporary hit points equal to their level, advantage against being frightened, or a similar small buff the yeah. next twenty four hours, reflective of the inspiration gained through the performance. This is separate from actual inspiration, but the idea is that whatever performance is given, the player can decide what the skill would give. Relative power-wise, it's a small number of temp HP, perhaps as a, you know, boost in confidence, maybe advantage against being frightened, depending on the type of character. Maybe it's a fave blessing. Maybe it's a, um, a magical boon that would perhaps give them a, you know, plus, you know, D4 to their yeah. next ability check, you know, or saving their, or whatever you want to have it, right? Yeah, those are all really good ideas. But a sorcerer could use this, you know, a display of a minor illusion or sparks of, of flames in the air if they're more evocative or a... a, a you know, performance of a dragon swirling around in an epic tale, you know, through magics and or a wizard choosing to tell a story through the, you know, light cantrip or the prestigitation or whatever they have to inspire the party or, you know, warming people's food or ahead of time doing whatever they can as a display of magic to make people more comfortable and inspired for the journey ahead is the idea with this one, whatever a rallying performance may be. These are three small examples that are, again, super versatile uh, for an indication of what power level could look like. Very versatile. I mean, again, Talk to a player about what their character would do and then shape the feature around that um, is what I would suggest. It allows players to feel like they're in total control. And if a player wants to change 
what their campfire skill is, discuss yeah. how they change it. Another room for role play right there as they reflect on their journey and um, and their their growth and what they, they do in their downtime. It's a huge change. Um, perhaps they begin to try and learn a new skill and then that's then reflected in what they do during long rests. Yeah, and this is, you know, also as a, as a DM, you're often like trying to think, you know, it's hard, like when do I give out inspiration points, mm. right? Um, and frankly, it, an inspiration point shouldn't be that hard to give out. No, frankly, no. it um, it is simply one reroll of a dice. Like this is well, not... it's it, technically it's advantage, but yeah, I roll it as a reroll. Yeah, I, I roll I'll, it as a I'll let you. Yeah, reroll because typically it's like you just gain advantage, which yeah. I think is kind of a little lame because a lot of people already have advantage and still fail. I think inspiration. I just rule it as you reroll one die for free. Yeah, it's a free reroll. It's a free reroll. You know, uh, and that's. I mean, still got the same probability of failing as the first time. Very so, true. Um, but hey, at the table we love in a game second chances right yeah and, absolutely and if you know that every time you guys have a long rest you regain that if you do these things if you do these things if you take a little bit of time to role yeah. play and turn that planning phase into phase like a, a moment where you're in character and exploring you know how you rest absolutely and then your role-playing game is more of a role-playing game exactly um and you don't have to get you can when it comes to these things you can get as it's up to your players, really, how detailed they want to get into it. Like where it's in the beginning, I'm like, so how are you starting the fire? But you could get into how are you cooking the meal or how are you using your exactly. tools? or And they can be as detailed or not detailed as they want. They can... And you learn to adapt more or less rules depending on how detailed the character goes. Yeah. I know someone who's really into the dreams, and so I just wrote up 20 different possible dreams that then they begin to... I want to dream about this, you know? And then I'm like... Okay, yeah. Let's see. Do I have anything on that? Okay, I have a dream like that. Here's what. Here's the imagery you might perceive. Again, this can be improvised or prepared. Yeah. Um, it's up to you. Just knowing what this is ahead of time gives you a little bit of time to prepare. And if you're not willing to do that, then say to the player, "Okay, let's make this a little simpler." You know, this is a negotiation almost with the player on how far the skill can go and what makes everyone at the table more comfortable as a balance between role play and power levels and acceptability yeah, it's and it's the yes and it's the yes and it's the improvisation uh, okay yeah we will try to get you know? something towards what you want but we're In gonna change you might need to yeah. roll or you might need to describe this for me or yeah you know any of those things yeah this is meant to be less of a um you know you toil away at the you know the fire trying to you know make it this would like no we're 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 using skills we have to perform light activity and we don't we don't have to make this skill check based as no, much no no you can make it free we in fact i would almost advise to say that you make it free that don't i have this make, in the rules too don't make these a skill check thing so much of daytime activity is skill check things right mm -hmm. absolutely so what we want to have here is role play checks if a character tries to overextend beyond what might be beyond their normal yeah. limits, just like a trying to, character trying to push their own, beyond their own jumping limits or their own speed yeah. limits, would need to make a roll. Should you do something that's extreme, like that, like I really want to do this, can I try it? And I go, it's kind of powerful. Let's do this. And if you succeed, or depending on how successful you are, we'll see how successful in completing this you want. Sure. You, you are, right? Well, and, and, and I you often, can make it quite I, a I will DC. often say as well, like, you know, role play it for me, and then we'll talk about 
Sure, absolutely. What happens next? Yeah. And if they give a huge performance at the table, and again, you I, I don't have to. If you can't or you're not into those sorts of things, that's fine too. But then my answer probably might be like, yeah, no, we're not going to get it. But if if the whole table is getting this big thing from you out of it, yeah. I, and this is, maybe this is a bias for me. Maybe not every DM has to run it like this. But the more the players give in terms of performance at the table, the more they shall receive. Sure. And and I know that's a disadvantage to those who are second language. And, and we have to sort of look at, I have different tables of different people and, and different expectations with different tables. So, you know. Uh, Learn what your party is comfortable with. Exactly. And, and use this either as a tool to allow just, them to continue to express themselves or to learn to learn. I'm happy if somebody more. wants to describe in the third person what their character does. Character does, sure. And if they can do that in their own regular voice, and it sounds really awesome, I will, as a DM... Reward them. I, well, and I will act it out for them, in a way. Totally. I will describe it in a you bigger and better... You think about that, how do you want to do this moment? Yeah. Give that to players more often. Give them a chance to be and super if, descriptive. And even if they're a bit shy and they and can't really do it, story I, will, into their hands. I, will, I will take what they've given me and, and reflect it back to them even bigger and cooler so that they feel like... That was awesome. What yeah. I did was great. Yeah. Um, it was bigger and cooler than I thought it could be. And I think exactly. that encourages them to ask them to do more. Because there's, you said, there's the one side of things where we're negotiating against the aggressive player who's asking for the world all the time. But there's also the quiet ones who don't ask for anything mm. um, who, yeah, need to sort of help. You need to sort of help get them sort of uh, deeper invested in the game as well. Exactly. To end a campfire scenario, I also have a little bit of a, a quick table rule. Yeah. If you have a wish to do so, I'd say you begin quieting the ambient sounds if you have any. And if they are taking a long rest outside, um, perhaps setting up a campfire beneath the trees or wherever, um, you might want to read a following sample phrase, which I've written down. With that, the last embers of the flame die down as the deepest hours of the night beckon the heavy chains of rest. You take a long rest and allow players to click whatever buttons they need to on D&D Beyond or update their character sheets or do whatever. As morning comes, the sun's light falls upon your skin, waking you from your restful slumber. Or maybe not so restful, depending on dreams or and things hey, like that. And hey, if you are playing an outdoorsy sort of character who's got survival skills, totally. also suggest at this point when you get up in the morning that you, or even as you're camping all the time, that you practice leave no trace skills, right? So that your your campfire gets properly buried and the land that you're back, you are camping on gets restored back as best as possible. That again, you don't chop down trees, you gather deadfall, you do all of these things. And that has both the benefits of your character being like all very earthy and conservative, um, but also uh, of reducing your... Uh, the bad guy's ability to track your camps and see where you are. Absolutely. If you want to get that gritty realistic with it, you absolutely can. I love can. getting gritty realistic with it. It's not necessarily gritty, but yeah. the idea is if you want to go that in depth with the rules, you are totally free to. This is just a base guideline for those who want to do as much as they want with this in terms of yeah, uh, running campfires in their games or actual downtime during resting because i think it's like eight hours of the day we neglect almost in a way i mean yeah. we look about how much your bedtime time routine impacts your day you know yeah it's you winding down it's you relaxing it's you absorbing some information it's you recovering completely and, i mean it's and we've talked about downtime next in, day. in previous episodes as well and it's it's a tricky thing for a dm to decide where do i put downtime if you break downtime into little fragments small like little this, chunks then guess what 
you know, you can actually accomplish. I have my potion, my um, characters, if they have uh, herbalism skills or alchemy skills and they are into crafting potions or things like that, that usually happens at this time as well. And if they're into po crafting healing potions or utilizing healing methods, perhaps we can discuss how to make that more interesting in the next episode yeah, of Like stay Dragon Like Sun. Stay tuned, folks. We will have healing coming up for you next. <laughs> On the next episode. <laughs> Enters. All right. See you All then, right. folks. See you then, folks. Bye-bye.